Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. Approximately 800,000 total knee replacements and roughly a half million hip replacements are performed annually in the United States. These numbers continue to grow as our population ages. Most of us probably know someone who has had joint replacement surgery. In 2016, Hartford Hospital opened a $150 million orthopedic center called the Bone and Joint Institute, which specializes in joint replacement. According to the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery, the fastest growing group of patients wearing out their joints are aged 46 to 64. In this podcast, I speak with two runners who have had joint replacement surgery while in their 50s and are both back running. Julian Swistak had a knee replaced in November 2019, and Anne-Marie Fitzsimmons had both hips replaced, one in April 2018 and the other in December 2019. Both Julian and Anne-Marie are back running at their preoperative levels. We discuss how they felt prior to the surgery, their decision to have the surgery performed, the recovery, and how they feel today. Thus far, their surgeries have been a resounding success. Overall, I would say that the jury is still out on whether it, it is a, advisable to run after knee or hip replacement surgery, although both Julian and Anne-Marie are certainly success stories. During our conversation, I referenced a study performed by researchers at Brigham and Williams Hospital, the Rothman Institute, and Force Therapeutics. The researchers found that only 5% of surgeons recommend that patients could return to the preoperative running level, while 30% recommended no running at all. The rest were somewhere in between. And only 12% of the 549 runners studied returned to running within one year of the surgery, and two-thirds of the returning runners were satisfied with the results. Julian, Anne-Marie, and I were all surprised that only 12% returned to running, Knowing the mentality of runners, we figured that number would have been substantially higher. I'd like to make one last point about the effect of running on knees and hips. While many folks believe that running causes osteoarthritis, I do not believe that this is supported by clinical evidence. We did not discuss this in the podcast, but a 2013 study by the University of California found that while other exercise increased osteoarthritis and hip replacement risk, Running significantly reduced this risk, due in part to running's association with lower body mass index. In the podcast, Anne-Marie cites a family history of osteoarthritis. And in an earlier podcast, Bill Rogers stated that running is beneficial to knee health. So we cannot necessarily conclude that running leads to osteoarthritis. Anyway, here's my conversation with Julian and Anne-Marie. And stay tuned afterwards, as there's a lot of new events on the running calendar. I'd like to now welcome Anne-Marie Fitzsimmons and Julian Swistak to the podcast. Both Anne-Marie and Julian are friends of mine from the Empire One Running Club. Hello, Anne-Marie and Julian. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. It certainly is great to be back at Ashley Reservoir on Thursday night. We had our first real 5K there last week. It's great to see you guys. Great to see you. You too, Tim. 
Yeah. So with the podcast, I'd, I'd like to talk about your recent joint replacement surgeries. And, and then later in the podcast, let's get into your running a, a bit. But just to bring everyone up to speed, Julian, you had knee replacement surgery in, I think, was it last year? November 11th, 2019. And then Annie, you had both hips replaced, right? Over a period of two or three years? So over a period of about 20 months, I had the first one done in April of 2018. And then my second one, December of 2019. So right before COVID. Never good timing for that. Mm -mm. I suppose if it's going to happen anytime, right before a pandemic is probably not as bad. Right. So anyway, um, Annie, we'll start with you. So prior to April 2018, you know, when, when you ultimately had your surgery, when, when did you start first experiencing pain in your hips? So in 2015, I started to have a lot of pain on the outside of my left hip with significant groin pain. Along with that, there was a lot of stabbing and throbbing and you know, while sitting or standing, lying flat, I wasn't able to sleep. It was just compromising my entire quality of life. It was, it was really bad. So, so then what, what kind of initial actions did you take? Uh, maybe would you just try to treat it with ibuprofen? Or- <laughs> yeah, a lot of ibuprofen, stretching, you know, IT band stretching, thinking it was that. It was suggested to, by my physician to get into some physical therapy, which I did. I went down to Uh, ATI in West Springfield, which is a great outfit. And I was going there on a regular basis. You know, I slowed down what I was doing, thinking maybe I was just overdoing it, but then it would always come back. So things would heal, things would feel good for a while, and then it would just come back. So was your primary care doctor good about recommending uh, referrals to uh, specialists? Yeah, she was great. She recommended physical therapy to begin with and actually getting an x-ray done just to make sure there was nothing out of whack. And so I followed up with that. I had x-rays and it showed that ultimately I had arthritis. When when you had the x-ray done, did, did you know early on that it was both hips? No, I never had any issues with the other side. So it was always just my left side. I was walking crooked. It got worse over time. And, you know, it was just really affecting my quality of life. Honestly, I wasn't able to do too much. It started in 2015 and then your surgery was in 2018. Right. When did you make the decision to have the surgery done? In early 2018, I, I tried to go as long as I could without doing it. I just felt like I was too young to have something like that done, even though I have a huge family history of it. Uh, my father, my sister, my sister's two daughters both had hip issues in their 30s and 40s. I was already in my 50s, and I just didn't want to accept the fact that <laughs> I had arthritis and that I was going to have to alter what I was doing for exercise. So did they present any alternatives to you? You, you? you know, you talked about, you know, medications and rest. Yeah. You were just treading water then it sounds like. Exactly. Yeah. Just pretty much physical therapy. It was just a roller coaster. I was just going back and forth. I mean, did you consider, did they present like joint resurfacing? No, 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 not at all. No. Right into replacement. Yeah, it was obvious that it was arthritis and 
nothing was going to help other than replacing it. And it was up to me when I wanted to do it. You know, they said, if you want to keep living with the pain, you can, which I did for a period of time. And then I ultimately just made the decision to have it done. Right. So the kind of the x-ray confirmed then that it was arthritis and, and not not bursitis or, or tendonitis. Absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely arthritis. Was it a complete joint replacement or was it a partial? It was a total. So it was a total. So so both the ball and the socket. Absolutely. Yep. Sure was. Wow. Wow. That that's uh that's something. So before we get to your running, I want to get Julian into the conversation. You had your surgery then in 2019. Right, Tim. When did you start first experiencing knee pain? Um, about 15 years ago, I had my knee operated on, you know, where the, they, they do arthroscopic surgery and they go in and do some maybe polishing or cleaning up of torn cartilage. So I already had a little bit of a, a little bit of wear and tear going on about 15 years ago. And uh, that started it, I suppose. So then that, that was 15 years ago, but I've known you since 2014 and, and you've always been a strong runner. Well, about then about, uh, about three years ago, it came back and I had my knee operated on again by a different, by a different surgeon. Uh, I, I didn't even want to think about any type of replacement at that point. You know, I just wanted to, you know, go through the same thing again, you know, get it cleaned up. It was, I was told I got an x-ray over at Mercy Hospital. Uh, it, it was arthritis. And uh, so let's, you know, let's see if we can keep this running thing going on a little farther and just go with an arthroscopic surgery again. So in the arthroscopic surgery, then they just clean out the joint? Yeah, cleaning it up. And they, and they get a, a better look at your knee, I think, you know, and, and then you start to get a history. Then you get a, a history of care with the, with the doctors that you've, you're, you know, you're, you've got some, uh, a little bit of maintenance done to your knee. You know, it does start a history of, of uh, you know, medical care on your knee and, and MRIs and x-rays and that stuff starts to pile up. So if it's okay for me to ask, um, so which doctor did your surgery? Well, you know, I started at the, at the very big uh, New England house uh, that everybody goes to. And, yeah, and that got, that got prolonged a little bit. And then when I finally met the surgeon... They had they uh, had kind of lost all my all my data, all my MRI stuff and the MRI write up. And he really he really wasn't familiar with me. And I, I was you know, it takes a long time to see a surgeon there. So at that point, I decided to to look for another surgeon. And I found uh, over at Mercy Hospital, I found Dr. Ruark's office. And uh, that's a little bit of a smaller office. And I went to see them. It was, it was Dr. Ruark that did the second surgery. And then they were the office that sent me up to have my knee replaced. When I went back the third time, you know, to have my knee looked at again, they, they said, you're, you're done with that type of surgery. You can't have that arthroscopic anymore. You, you, you're, you're past that at that point. Yeah, so you, you referred me to Dr. Ruark a couple of years ago. I have my own knee arthritis issues. And um, I, I see Brian Katz, who's is his physician's assistant. And uh, so I, I get gel injections every six months. And um, actually, they've been very helpful for me. That's great. Did you ever get gel injections or consider other treatments before knee replacement surgery? I did. While I was under Neo's care, they had me buy a knee brace. It was called an offloading brace. And I, I was using that. I was riding a bike a lot. I, I bought, a, I bought a, a used bike 
was doing a lot of a nice long rides with some of the gang. Uh, and hopefully then, you know, the knee brace was supposed to take some of the, the load off of off of the inside of my knee where the wear and tear was. That was you know, an offloading brace. We took the pressure off of that. And, uh, I, you know, the cortisone shots, of course, but no gel. I don't think I was a candidate for gel at that point. I am now. I, I have had two gel injections in my, in my left knee. But that's what I did. I, I did start riding a bike. And I did have that offloading brace, but I am I, uh, I eventually ditched the offloading brace. I thought it was messing up my hip. It, it was it was causing me uh, just a little bit of pain, like I was offloading to someplace else besides my knee. So then, your uh, knee replacement surgery was it uh, a partial knee replacement or a, a total? That was a total knee replacement, and that was done up at Berkshire Medical uh, because uh, that's where, where Brian Katz referred me and Dr. Ruark referred me up there. They thought I was a good candidate for the Mako surgery. I looked into Mako. Uh, it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, I had another reference for the doctor, a, a friend of mine at work that had that Mako surgery done on his knee. He said the surgeon was excellent. The, the doctor, was, I mean, the, uh, the hospital was excellent. So I, uh, I, I went that course. You know, you had these issues and, and then made the decision to have joint replacement surgery. How nervous were you about your ability to run after the surgery? I was a little bit because they, they really, the, 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 the surgeon doesn't really recommend it. You know, when you say you want to keep running, they, they don't high five you. They don't think, oh, that'll be great. We'll be able to do that. In fact, you know, that's, the, that's what the surgeon said to me. And they said that at Neos too. They'd rather see you play tennis, you know, doubles tennis or something. But I was nervous. Yes, Tim, I, I was concerned that it, it may be over. I wasn't sure. So Annie, where, where did you go to have your surgeries done? I had mine done uh, in Worcester, St. Vincent's Hospital, Dr. Vinton, Chris, Christopher Vinton. Okay. And the reason I chose him, he was, first of all, he was recommended uh, by my physical therapist. And I had already seen, I think I mentioned, I had seen other doctors previously. And then when I met with him, he explained the approach that he was going to use. You know, there's a few different ways, obviously, to have your hip replaced. The posterior approach, lateral approach, and a direct anterior approach. So posterior, which is the most common, it's done from the backside. The lateral is on the side. And the anterior approach is done where there's a small incision made in the front of your hip. And it's not as common, but it's a really quick recovery. Which approach did you have? I had the anterior both times. I jumped on that because it was going to be a quick recovery and I was all about getting it done and getting back to normal. So did your doctor give you any advice about uh, resuming running after your surgery? Yeah, he obviously didn't tell me I can run right away and suggested that I wait about three months and just start out really lightly, which I did. I may have started a little sooner than I should have, but I knew when to slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he probably knew the runner's mentality and, and built a little buffer. In. <laughs> he does. He was a football player turned runner. So he runs marathons himself. So he can totally appreciate where I was coming from and knowing that I wanted to get back to where I was previously. That's a big plus, right? Having a, a doctor who, um, who's, a, who's an athlete or a runner and can appreciate your, your mindset. Yeah. And he was very encouraging. And he told me I'd be going home the next day. So that was 
a really great thing to hear too. And I did, I was home both, both surgeries. I was home the next day. I was walking as soon as I was in my room post recovery. And yeah, so they get you right up immediately walking. And the great thing about the anterior approach is there's no restrictions. You can cross your legs. It's not like a traditional hip replacement. So there's very little limitations. There's no restrictions. And um, I liked that. That was a great thing. So um, physical therapy started both times. It started the very next day in my house. You know, I had outpatient PT. They would come to the house for a couple of weeks, like three times a week. And then I was out the door going to physical therapy. I was walking in my neighborhood and I, I felt really great within a couple of days. I really didn't miss work much. I was working from home. So it, it was, it was a really good experience both times for me. So before you went into that, um, how nervous were you about, you know, your ability to resume running after it was over? So the first time I went into it, I was really nervous that I wouldn't be able to run both for physical exercise, as well as, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mental thing for me. And for a lot of runners, a lot of people like to run for their own sanity, if you will. And, um, so I was really nervous the first time, but then, you know, going into the second time, I knew what to expect and it was a much quicker recovery the second time around. So yeah, I was a little nervous at first, but no, I, I got right back into it. That's really good. So um, in, in preparing for our conversation, I, I did a little homework and um, I found a, a research study uh, of 549 runners that was done by Brigham and Women's Hospital, the Rothman Institute and Force Therapeutics. So they surveyed these runners and, and their surgeons. And it turned out that only 5% of the surgeons actually said that patients could return to their preoperative running levels. I think the literature kind of suggests that People avoid high-impact activity, such as running after these near hip replacement surgery. But fortunately, Annie, your, your doctor was in that 5%. Yeah, I lucked out. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So to continue that study, 12% of the runners return the running after the surgery. But out of that group, out of the group of runners who returned, two-thirds of them were satisfied with their post-operative running. So uh, I... I think there's really needs to be more research on that to conclude whether or not running is harmful to folks after joint replacement surgeries. I agree with you. So how do you feel now? I feel great. I feel really good lately. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good. You just went out and ran four and a half miles before our conversation. <laughs> I see you yes, Thursday nights, you're, you're, tiny, you're running you're fast, your you're 5k times are good. Uh, you, you, uh, would you say you're back to your pre- operative yeah i would say i am yeah i i've been liking the times i've been getting recently so how long did it take to get there so you had your your second um hip done in in december 2019 yep and i didn't really do any running for the first few months of 2020 and then covid hit (laughs) and I was stuck at home, but it was actually a good thing because I was working from home and I was able to create some type of schedule where I was heading out, just going out the front door and going for a run. And I was doing a lot of walking. So I did a lot of walking last year and then I increased my running. Well, that's, that's great. So that's quite a success story then for you. 
Yeah, no complaints. Yeah. And Julian, what about you? You, um, I, I, I think you've kind of back to your um, pre-operative level as well. I know you and I ran a half marathon together back in um, uh, November last year. I think it was November, maybe it was October. Actually. October, yeah, for Hartford. Hartford, right. We ran the virtual Hartford half together. How would you say you're feeling now? Well, when, when we ran, that was about a, about a year after my surgery. And I, I was still feeling it then. I, I, did, I did still have some tightness when we ran then. So it takes about a year for recovery. But, but, but since then, I've been doing pretty good. At that time when we ran the half, I, I was still feeling it. It's just a long, slow recovery. It takes a while for it to go away. So you totally forget about it. And that's where I'm at now. I really do not think about it anymore. I, I think I'm a little slower, but not too bad. I mean, I'm getting older, so I have to realize that's a factor also. Sure. But, you know, I can, I can run an eight-minute mile, and, and, um, and I'm happy about that. Well, you, you still beat me, so <laughs> although that's not saying too much. It sounds like another success story then. So. Yeah, I was surprised to read that stat about only 12% of preoperative runners turn to running after surgery. Now, Annie, doesn't that seem like a low number to you? It sure does, yeah. It seemed low to me too, to be honest. And you're killing it, Julian. You're doing an eight-minute mile. I'm really impressed. <laughs> No, thanks. Well, we're both recreational runners. I think you and you and I, Annie, are kind of both the same thing. We're, we, you know, we're, you know, we we do we have fun. We it's our we, it's a social life for us. And just to let you know, we're we're regular runners. And and if any, you know, the, if you know, anybody else is thinking about their hips and their knees, it's it's you know, we're just we're just regular runners that we go out for for fun. Yeah, I agree. Yes, I, I'm not going out for ten mile runs. Those days are over. Well, I did 11 yesterday. <laughs> did you? Well, I did seven last week. I've had three or four gel injections. And um, actually, that allowed me to run the Philadelphia Marathon in 2019. Because earlier that year, I had been, I was registered for Boston. I, I dropped out because of my knee. And then, in fact, I talked to Julian and, and um, he recommended Dr. Ruark. So I got the gel injection and then... I felt much better. I was able to run the Philadelphia Marathon. But Cindy tells me that, uh, you know, I keep getting these gel injections. It's just a matter of time before I'll be a candidate for, you know, knee replacement surgery myself. So Yeah, but the longer you can put it off, the better. Yeah, so how long do they uh, say the new joints will last? The, the surgeon said that if I run, it'll, it'll, it will take some life off of the knee. But I, I don't, I'm not doing huge mile weeks. I'm doing about you know, uh, 16 to 20 miles a week, you know, really only going out three days running, maybe four if I, if my schedule gets, you know, my, my luck out and get an extra day. So I, I don't think it's an issue. You know, if I get 15, 20 years, I, I'd be happy, but I don't, I don't see myself going through the, I don't see why I'd have to go through the surgery again. I don't, I don't, I don't think it, I think it'll be fine. I'm, you know, being optimistic there. Sure. I think the literature says 15 to 20 years. You're still pretty young though, right? You're uh, in your 50s. As, uh, up, until, uh, up until this week, yes, I'm still in my 50s. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Now I got another competitor in my age group. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm about 20 years also, There, I'm told. So I guess in my 70s, I'm going to have to readdress this. Hopefully not. Um, I'm also not putting a lot of miles in. I run about 15, 17, 18 miles a week. 
And I try to run on different surfaces. I don't just always run on the roads, although I prefer the roads. I prefer to just go out the front door and run. But I go up to, um, there's a park near my, near where I live, Midnight Park. And there's some trails there. So I love to do the trails. I love trail running. But I'm trying to do less trail running so that I'm not falling because I do tend to fall a lot when I'm not paying attention. But running up at Ashley, running Stanley Park, did did a few of those this season. I love it up there. The hills don't bother you? No, I actually like that. I like mm-hmm. the hills. It, it's strange, but I do. Um, community Gardens, I've done a couple of their time trials, you know, through Smack up in Northampton. That's a lot of fun. That's a nice workout. It is. Yeah, I like the hills, actually, Tim. I like to go up to Holyoke Community College on a regular basis and do a couple of those loops. Oh, that parking lot is I very I like it hilly. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I like it because there's no traffic. It's just, it's a nice run up there. Well, you and I used to be part of that group. We used to meet at, um, in Wilbraham and run up Munson Road. Oh, I love Munson Road. I did the Thanksgiving morning one. In, yeah, in the I've rain. done that a couple of times myself. Yeah. <laughs> I love it up there. And the B-17, oh, let, let's get a group together and start doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Bob Walzak is still doing it. Yes, I'm sure. Mondays with Dennis. Mondays. Yeah. So now, do you guys set off the metal detectors at the airport? <laughs> Nope. I don't know that yet, Tim. I'm going to fly in July, so I will let you know if anything happens. Yeah, let us know. It didn't happen to me after my first hit, but I haven't flown since the second one. And I would imagine it's okay. Um, But I have a card that's in my wallet to prove that I have two um, artificial hips. So if something was to happen. But Julian, do let us know when you go in July. I will. They'll be able to see it. I know when I had it, uh, my knee's been x-rayed and they can see that joint clear as day. Oh, yeah. You have something. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. So um, anything else you want to say about your surgery before we just get into a, a, just your running in general? Well, I'll, I'll say that the, the knee surgery is, is, a, is a bit of a traumatic surgery. It's not to be taken lightly. Before I got, I did the surgery. They, in, you mentioned forced therapeutics in one of your studies. Berkshire Medical uses force therapeutics for a prehab program that you do pre-exercises before you do your surgery to get you in shape, to get your, your, your legs in shape, your quad in shape to, to undergo the surgery. So it, it's advisable to do that, to, to work hard at the, at the prehab. And then afterwards, there's a force therapeutics uh, rehabilitation besides the, the in-home rehabilitation that Andy spoke about. Uh, there's, there's work to be done when you get that knee done. There, 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 there really is. Now, I remember now when you had your surgery done, it was about a week before your surgery. You and I did a loop at the res. And, um, and I was thinking, well, if he can run this fast at the res, why is he having knee replacement surgery? But I guess you were just kind of getting your knee in shape for the surgery. <laughs> I, I did. I, I stayed active up, up until that point. It just, I could only do so much. I could do a 5K. I could do, I could do a short walk and, and then I'd be, I'd be limping. I'd be hobbling along. And uh, it, it was just time. That's all there was to it. So let's just talk about general running. So Julian, how, how long have you been running? Um, were you a high school track star? No, I, I did. I did run uh, some cross country in high school. I ran while I was in the army, and I I ran with uh, Empire One back in the in the, the the late '80s when they were running up at Whiting Reservoir. I was actually a member of Empire One Racquetball Club before it became the running club. I never knew that. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually used to, I used to play hockey in that building too. 
But uh, I've, I've been a lifelong runner, but it was in, in 2013 that I went back to Empire One. I knew they were running up at the Elks. Uh, so I, I, uh, I met you up there. We were, I was training for the Hartford Half with a couple of friends of mine. A friend of mine talked me into doing a half marathon, which I thought was impossible. Is that Steve Petoniak? Yeah, Steve. Steve talked me into running and he said there's music and there's, there's food and it's fun. So we started training for that. And that was 2013. And I joined Empire One Running Club in 2013. And I've been, I've been with the gang ever since. What about you, Annie? No, no professional running in, in my background. I, um, <laughs> I've been a casual runner pretty much all my adult life. I always liked running. I've always um, just wanted to be outdoors. And it was about, I think, 2008 when I found out about Empire One. So I came there and the first night I went there on my own and ran, I knew nobody, um, but I was so welcomed by all the guys there and, and just, it was so much fun. They invited me in afterwards and, you know, there was pizza and beer and it was just a, a great group of people. And um, I've been hooked ever since. So um, I love the social aspect and I'm looking forward to getting that back because I've been out of it for a couple of years, as you know. We all have. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think I had a similar experience. I was a casual runner and, and I joined Empire One in 2014. I felt welcomed in. I remember uh, you and Darlene and, and a bunch of other folks at the um, New Year's Day, uh, Gordy's first race. Yes. Oh, wow. I remember that day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we went to the tavern after. Yes, we did. We had a lot of fun that day. We had a lot of Empire One people there that day, if I recall. Yeah. So do you have a favorite event, running event, uh, you know, race? What about you, Julian? I think that my favorite distance race these days, and I'm going to put a, put a plug in for Mike Sheldon, is the Westfield half. I think that's a nice course. You know, once you get off the 202, you, you, know, you have to start at the middle school, run up the hill, you're still on 202. But once you go off into the side roads, I think it's, it's a really great run. It's a challenging run. So I like that Westfield half. The Amherst 10 mile, I thought was a great, great run. Uh, but that that race is 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 gone now. Yeah, you and I got lost in that course one one day. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that. we did coming back to the school. Yes, that <laughs> turned into about a fourteen mile training run. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then yeah, you know the races up at Ashley. That it, that's just that's the be, that's the best day of the week. It, yeah, Thursday sure is. is a great day. I loved the Westfield half too. Um, my first half marathon was that one, Julian. But it was the Alexec way back when. So I did that, I think it was 2011 when I did my first half up there. And I love that course. And I've done it a few times and I've done the 5K because did they start a 5K? Yes, the, the flat, fast 5K. No, not that one. It was part of the Alexec, right? I think there's a, there's a 5K and a 10K, I think, that go along with the half. Yeah, so after... Yeah, after I've done a few halves, I was like, yeah, I think I can try to go a little less distance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I never did the flat fast 5K. Um, I've never done that. And I heard that's a great, great event. To net down hills. You know what I really love? I don't know if you guys have done this, but the 100 on 100 in Vermont, I love that. Have you guys done that? Oh, the relay. Yes, the relay starts up at Stowe and goes 100 miles back to Okemo, I think it is. That's that's a fun weekend. So those, those are six member teams, right? So each runner averages almost 17 miles. 
Unless you're an ultra team and you have three people in your van, but usually it's five <laughs> or, or six rather. Yeah. Eight, there's 18 legs. So yeah, everybody would do like six legs. That's a lot of fun. And it's quick, you know, it's not Friday to Sunday. It's not one of those Ragnars. No, no offense. I'm, it's just not one of the 36 leg two van relay races. I like the, the 100 on 100. What do you like to run just around Western Mass just for a practice run? Just go running through your neighborhood? Uh, I like this. Yeah, I, I love to run in my hood. I love to run at HCC, um, up at Midnight Park. Sometimes I go up to Bear Hole. Um, that's also in West Springfield. There's a lot of trails there. In fact, I've done that 10K and that's not easy. Um, I did it last year. That was, um, they, they organized a fun run because of COVID and that, it was very well organized. They had, you, they, they staggered the runners. You'd start out every 30 seconds, a, a runner would go out and it was just, it, it was a good time. Um, but yeah, I just like running anywhere. You know, I don't have a preference. I just like to leave my house and go. So Julian, do you um, have any favorite places to just go for a run? I see you at Ashley a lot. So I know you like it there. I, I do. I love it at Ashley. And uh, you and I have also talked about uh, being out in Wolfley. I'm lucky enough to be able to spend some time at the Cape. And there's really great running uh, uh, around Wellfleet. It's very hilly, uh, very scenic. I, I can run to the National Seashore from where I stay. I can run along the bay, which is absolutely stunning. And even a beach run there is is amazing where you just run along the ocean on the seashore, on the National Seashore. And that was a great place where I was able to rehab my knee because I, I you know, running in the sand, I run barefoot and it was, it was very cushiony, but it was very hard to do. It, it, it's a slow mile. You know, it's, it's not a fast mile that you're running, you know, you're running 11, 12 minute miles, but it's really, it was, I think it was a really good strength building thing to, to rehab. Uh, running on the beach sand. I, I really enjoyed that. So that's one of my favorite places to run is, is on the National Seashore. So Julian, any upcoming events that you're looking forward to? I am. Uh, speaking of Wellfleet, there is a Wellfleet five miler. It was supposed to be 4th of July. They had to uh, they had to reschedule it to the 11th. I can make it for July 11th out there. Um, and it is it is the course where I train. It's the It's the route where I run my most time out there. Uh, I got a third place in my age group a few years ago. So now as a 60 year old, I would really love to, if they give trophies for first and second place, <laughs> I would really love to get a trophy there. I, I'd have to build a whole shrine for it, but I would, I would do it. So that's, that's my next upcoming race. Yeah, it's best to be in the low end of your age group. I know it. I'm itching up. I'm 66 now. So <laughs> I got four more years before I get into the seventies. <laughs> I like running on the Cape Cod rail trail. Actually, when we're, we go down on vacation, sometimes we stay in Eastham and uh, I do enjoy running on the rail trail. Any, any upcoming events that you're looking forward to? You know what? My life is not as exciting as Julian's. No, I don't have, I am not registered for anything. Um, I'm taking it you know, each day at a time, I'm just going local and running the the local races here and there. I'm doing one this Saturday. I'm doing the, uh, the, the Bay State NICU race in Wilbraham at Minichog High School. Oh, really? Is that a 5K? That's a real, that's a real event. Yeah, it's a 5K, a 10K, and a walk. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to do stuff, you know, this summer. So I'm, I'm going to start looking at different events and see what's out there and 
Julian, you're now the exalted ruler at the Holyoke Elks. How's the Elks doing these days? We're doing pretty good. We are better financially. Every restaurant and every fraternal organization suffered during the pandemic. Things are looking okay. You know, it's not great, but we've got events scheduled for the upstairs banquet hall. We've got incoming members and uh, it's, it's, it's running pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about what's going on at the Elks. The, the Thursday night races have started up again. Uh, Wednesday nights are is a you know burger night there. There's entertainment, you know, Friday and you know, Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes one one of the one night, sometimes both nights. But there's a lot going on there. We we have a really good staff and and uh I'm I'm very optimistic about the Holy Oak Elks. Yeah, that's good. Empire One is very fortunate to have the Elks as a, a meeting place for the races. The Ashley Reservoir is so beautiful, and and then to, to go to the Elks afterwards and get a bite to eat and have a drink and and meet people. It's uh, it's it, we're really fortunate that we have that there. Yeah, we, we can talk running all night and just you know trade stories and and training and and you know recovery and stuff like that. I get asked, I asked, I get asked a lot of questions about my knee at, at, at the Elks. I do. People do ask that, you know, we're all getting a little older and I don't mind, you know, answering questions about that at all. You know, we all, we all take care of each other up there. And maybe Dick will have a band or two there this summer as well. I think there will be. Great. So I want to thank Julianne and Annie for being part of the Let's Run podcast. I appreciate you sharing your stories of your joint replacement surgeries. I'm happy to hear that they're both success stories and that you guys are doing great. Looking forward to seeing you out running um, at some local event. Thanks to you, Tim. Thanks for having us on the show, Tim. It's, it's, it's been an honor. It's great having you and I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Now that COVID restrictions have been lifted, more and more in-person running events are popping up. But I'll start the rundown with the local running club weekly race series events. On Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts a three-mile cross-country race at Stanley Park in Westfield. On Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts a 5K cross-country race that starts on Burt's Pitts Road in Northampton. On Wednesday evenings, the Greater Springfield Harriers host their Summer Sizzler events at Forest Park. The run on Wednesday, June 16th, will be on the 8K on-road route. These events are still virtual time trials until July 7th. And on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts 5K races at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. The Elks is open for post-race food, drink, and fun. Also on Thursday evenings, the Northfield Summer Road Race Series takes place at 6.30 p.m. until the end of August. Now for upcoming races. The Father's Day 5K and 10K road race put on by the Springfield Jewish Community Center will be a virtual event this year. There's also a relay and a walk option. Check out the JCC website for details. Jesse's 5K run and two-mile walk is an in-person event scheduled for Sunday, June 27th at Nathan Bills in Springfield. It is hoped that the Harriers' Big Fourth 5K will be an in-person event at the Basketball Hall of Fame on Sunday, July 4th. And check out the Harriers' website for info on the Silver Bell Seasonal 5K Trail Run Slash Walk in Munson, which is a virtual event. Also on the 4th of July, 4 Run 3 is hosting the Freedom 4 Miler to take place immediately prior to the annual East Longmeadow July 4th Parade. Now for a few local races this summer 
hosted by the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club. On Sunday, July 25th, Nancy's run for the ACCRF takes place, a four-mile race at Outlook Farm in West Hampton. This race honors the memory of Nancy Cons, a women's marathon pioneer who grew up in Southampton and attended Hampshire Regional High School in West Hampton. Nancy won major marathons in Ottawa in 1981 and in Chicago in 1982, and twice bested John Bonoit in marathon events. Nancy died from adenoid cystic carcinoma in 2017 at the age of 59. Proceeds from this race benefit the Adenoid Cystic Carcinoma Research Foundation, or ACCRF. And on Saturday, August 21st, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club also hosts the 40th annual Montague Mug Race, which is described as a 5.5 scenic hilly miles around Montague Center, starting with a famously loud Civil War cannon at the Montague Common. SMAC also hosts the Green New England Green River Marathon on Sunday, August 29th. This race is already sold out. On Sunday, August 22nd, the fifth annual race to end child abuse takes place in Greenfield. And September looks to be a busy month for races. The Westfield 5K, 10K half marathon is now scheduled to take place on Saturday, September 11th at the Boys and Girls Club in Westfield. This event has taken place in June during the last few years prior to the pandemic. Also on Saturday, September 11th, the halfway to St. Patrick's Day 5K returns to Ashley Reservoir. Sunday, September 12th, the Black Birch Vineyard 10-mile race will take place in North Hatfield. On Saturday, September 18th, the Don Maynard Memorial 5-mile race will take place in Greenfield. The Walter Childs Race of Champions, otherwise known as the Holyoke Marathon, usually run in May, is tentatively scheduled to take place on Sunday, September 19th. Check out the Greater Springfield Harriers website for more info. Also on the Harriers website, there's a link for anyone who would like to apply to run for Team Hoyt at the 2021 Boston Marathon. In last week's podcast, I had Hiram and Angel Cruz, who will be running as a duo team for Team Hoyt. On Sunday, September 26th, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts the Summit Run 5K, a race to the summit of Mount Holyoke and Hadley. And here's a few items outside of the Pioneer Valley. The Berkshire Running Center is hosting three races, the Glen Meadows 5K, 10K, 15K in Adams on Sunday, June 27th, the Firecracker 5K in Dalton on Sunday, July 4th, and the 46th Mount Greylock 8-Mile Road Race on Sunday, September 5th. Also, check out the Hartford Marathon Foundation website for a listing of all their upcoming events. This past weekend, I ran in the Bay State Neonatal Intensive Care Unit 10K race at Minnetog High School in Wilbraham. It was great to participate in an in-person race once again. While at the starting line, I was chatting with Kat Morrissey, an accomplished local runner who works for 18 Maple, a sports endurance training outfit. Of course, Kat was the first female finisher in the 10K with a time of 36 minutes and 45 seconds, a 5.56 pace. She was only about 13 minutes faster than me. I hope to have Kat on a future podcast to talk about her running and about her work as a running coach for 18 Maple. A few weeks ago, I had folks from the Alzheimer's Association 
to talk about the Longest Day event, which takes place this upcoming weekend. Nicole McGurin will be running one mile per hour for 16 hours. You can still donate to Nicole's page at alz.org forward slash the longest day. And finally, on this Wednesday, June 16th, I'll be talking with Dr. Tara Futrell, who is a sports and exercise medicine physician with Bay State Health. Dr. Futrell is a lifelong athlete, and her areas of expertise include acute injuries and chronic overuse injuries. If you hear this before Wednesday morning and have questions about how to treat or avoid running-related injuries, please forward them to me as soon as possible. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running. Happy running.